Hey everybody, and welcome back to Long Lost Heroes Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Frank Marsilio, and he- we're here to recap the most recent episode of Game of Thrones, episode three of the eighth season, The Long Night, which aired this past Sunday. Um, I'd like to introduce my co-host, AJ. How you doing? Hello. And I'm okay. My- one of our very special guests, my cousin, professional chef Harold Dieterly. How you doing? Fantastic. Welcome aboard. Um, Harold, uh, you were the season one winner of Top Chef on Bravo, and you've been working in New York City in the culinary industry for, what, like almost 20 years? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think we're, we're, we're well over the 20 year, what, 20, 24 years if we're going to be precise. Amazing. That's so, so awesome. Sucker for punishment. <laughs> but uh so if you want to find more about harold um you can find him online at harolddieterly.com and that's d-i-e-t-e-r-l-e um at harold Dieterly on twitter and instagram and at chef harold Dieterly on facebook so um right, you got it all covered got it all you know you know we, we want to like plug it. our plug our guys um sweet so yeah uh this episode of game of thrones happened and it was the Longest episode ever, the most watched episode ever, the most tweeted about episode ever, the darkest episode ever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're going to go into full spoilers. So if you haven't watched it, come back later on. Um, <laughs> so, Harold, what, what's your immediate takeaway? Like, for, as soon as this episode ends, like, well, how, how needed, are you feeling? I, I needed a sedative and a shot afterward. That was fucked up. I mean, it was bananas. I was like... <laughs> I can't go to sleep right now. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh, I'm gonna do a shot. I'm gonna pour one out. You know, I think the the Mormont family was was definitely the the big losers on the episode, which was which was a bummer. Um, yeah, definitely a bummer for those guys. Yeah, and I thought a lot more of the you know I thought a lot more of the main characters were gonna were gonna kick the bucket. So I was pleasantly surprised that um, you know we still got we still got a solid team still being represented. Yeah, I mean, we we do when we don't. I mean, like, in terms of main characters, yeah, the, there was a surprising amount of survivors. But I think in terms of moving forward into this next uh, war and battle with Cersei's army, I, I think there's, like, you know, barely... I mean, I think the Dothraki are wiped out. The Totally wiped out. Gone. The, the Unsullied, it's kind of unclear how many of them actually survived. I mean, I wasn't seeing a lot of them. Ar- I wasn't seeing a lot of them around. I mean, it looked like they shut the gate and were sent out there to fend for themselves, with the exception of, you know, Grey Worm, who retreated back into the keep. Yeah. So, so I think we're going to feel the immediate aftermath next week. Um, AJ, what what was your your main reaction at the end of this episode? Uh, that exact ex- experience. Uh. <laughs> uh, I just felt totally drained and, and exhausted, emotionally exhausted. Something that Game of Thrones does that I think uh, really, I mean, they've hit a fever pitch in, in this past episode. Uh, I don't know how you felt, Harold, but like they've they've put our expectations at such a high level. And we've now accepted that the way that the show goes is that there's going to be major character deaths at any given point, and we have to be kind of excited and kind of prepared for that to happen and own and kind of we go back and watch old episodes of the characters like, you know, Brienne of Tarth, Sir Brienne of Tarth going back, re-watch, you know, rewatching stuff, seeing her whole arc, and then watching her emerge victorious here, you know, we can't help but feel like, wait, everybody's still cool? The Night King is dead? Spoiler alert? Uh, what's happening here? Uh you know, it, it was such an emotionally packed episode. It was such an emotionally packed weekend. Uh, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I don't know. This we're so in the middle of the we're so in the middle of the season that it's hard to even you know kind of look back at what's going on because so much just happened in in an hour and twenty minutes. Uh, I think my favorite part of the episode, and I think what will stand out in time is the fucking hound is having PTSD flashbacks from <laughs> Vietnam and fucking Beric Dondarrion shows up and he's like, what the motherfucking fuck, the hound? What the motherfucking fuck? And you see Arya going 
the most crazy, awesome experience that she's we've ever seen her do. All of her fighting, all of her training, all of everything that we've seen her do for eight seasons of television is now on display in this epic battle. And it, when uh, Barrick turns to her and she's like, she doesn't fear death. What do you think she's doing? And how <laughs> she's just fighting and being awesome and that she gets probably the biggest kill in Game of Thrones since the Kingslayer, John, Jamie Lannister. Like, there's, there's so many consequences of what happens now going forward with Arya and Melisandre and everybody that was involved in the last 20 minutes of this episode uh, was great. Um, I don't want to keep going on. I, I think I do want to spend a couple minutes talking about how dark and and too dark Game of Thrones. Uh, I think we've reached a point where the show has maximized the contrast on my television and I don't know what else I could do. And I, I do think that it's a problem that you can't see what the fuck is going on. Yeah. Did you have this problem, Harold? Well, I turned my, I turned the, so I turned the lights off. Um, I watched it in my man cave. Um, so I had the light, I had the lights off. I thought there was just, just, yeah, strictly from that. I, I mean, I was able to see it and I watched it. I watched it again. Um, earlier with the lights off and yeah i mean we all have like you know high definition tvs for that reason right we want to be able to have a nice uh a nice viewing experience and i i understand um you know probably what they were trying to to deliver a bit of a chaotic uh to you know to really uh reinforce how chaotic the 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 battle scene was with with the elements with the fog with the snow um, oh my! You're right. They they're they're trying to kind of, you know, mask the the kind of grandioseness of it all. It's kind of a weird battle in that we're they they do they actively spend time trying to obscure your vision. Frank, you have a beautiful 4K television set. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, did, how did it look on your end? I, I mean, same thing. It like we we were watching in the dark. We actually just watched it again earlier today tonight. Um, and watch it in the dark again. It was a little better this time, but yeah, I mean, it's still really hard to see, but I think that is kind of what they were going for, you know? Yeah, totally was they were going for. Yeah, the first time through, I was, it was frustrating because, like, wait, I can't tell which character this is, I can't tell which dragon this is, and, like, you know, getting through on the, the back end of it, realizing, well, we're not going to lose most of these people, so it doesn't really matter, Um yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely chaos and it's hard to see. But yeah, I, I think it was intentional. Um, I'm sure there are other people out there that, you know, maybe they don't have like a great internet connection or maybe they don't have a great TV. And that's really unfortunate because, you know, 17 million people watching this show, you want them to know what's happening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but well, you, you know, yeah, I, I'm sorry. Keep going. I mean, to cut you off. No, I was just going to say ultimately, like the major moments you could see, you know, you could see uh, the Night King being killed. You could see like the big character deaths and some of the really awesome epic moments when like they actually lit things on fire. So um, I, I think the stuff that you can't see, there's you're not really missing much. Besides that, the only type of like atmospheric issue I had was when they were inside, you know, in Winterfell Keep inside the library, right? Yes, and, sure. And, and Arya's sneaking around. And, like, you have fucking Armageddon happening outside, and you can hear her blood dripping. I mean, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, Winterfell Keep is not that high. It's not like this massive, it's not this massive castle where you're not going to be, be able to hear what's, you know, what's happening outside. You're you're right, and also like she should have like Mission Impossible that thing and just like stopped it from dripping because she saw it. She saw yeah. it. Yeah, like, that was that, yeah, that was that was that was bizarre. But I, I I actually all in all I did love that scene because I thought it was great. It broke up the it broke up the you know broke up the combat a bit. And again, like AJ was saying, you got to see her full um, full skill set on display. And I, I really she's my favorite character. Um, and I I. I think she is, you know, by far the most developed character where you've just seen this incredible progression. That's been Yeah, really we've we've really got to see her hero's journey from the very beginnings where she's learning in King's Landing to traveling with the Houd and then going, you know, east. I uh, we you're right. We've she's definitely the most developed character. 
okay, so I mean, let's work back, Frank. I mean, uh, so Arya kills the motherfucking Night King. That happened. That's that it. That happened. So, All right. <laughs> we're, uh, we're. I'm going to bring back a, a, a segment, a very, very small <laughs> segment that we haven't had. Maybe we've had it once, but it's called putting it frankly. My first. <laughs> My first reaction to this episode was major disappointment and oh my god and and extreme letdown. I mean, I think obviously the the hour and a half of it, like it was just so intense and you're on edge for so long and like, but like my my reaction gut reaction was like, wait, that's it. It really felt like it was building up this whole thing for so long. The Night King was this big bad that you know you couldn't stop him and yes the 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 whites the zombies were were unrelenting and they were insane but the white walkers themselves the other like lieutenants they didn't didn't do shit they didn't do anything they didn't need to though they were kicking ass they they really were but it also seemed to me like the night king was kind of dumb like i think he was savoring i think he was savoring the moment yeah he was kind of he's got a big ego i guess right for sure For sure. He's the fucking Night King. You just re-raised the dragon. The other thing I didn't understand was, you know, there was, there was some dragon glass kills, right? Yes. Yeah. And what I didn't, what I, what I found that they didn't really um, drive home was when William Mormont took out, took out that giant with the dragon class, how it, how it just disintegrated. Right. Right. They weren't really. They, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't drive it home on a lot of those white kills with the dragon glass. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I think everything's happening so fast. Like, yeah. I mean, I think the dragon glass, and that's what again, like where I feel like they just didn't develop this whole thing. Well, um, look, they've been rushing. They've been rushing these last two seasons. They man. really have. And really I have a have. huge. I have a huge issue with the timing of it. I don't know why they need to end the series so quickly. They could have, you know, they could have dragged. They, we, we could, we could have another two seasons easily instead of. They're just rushing shit because for whatever reason they got to get this done. I don't know why. Yeah. I mean, it seems like the actors don't want to do it anymore. I um, like your timing of it. I agree that like two seasons, like it sounds even. It sounds round. It sounds awesome. But like, let's all remember that like you know, Seinfeld is nine seasons. Breaking Bad is four seasons. Like, there's, there's. The the best TV shows I think go out on top, and I think that they want to do that. They can't, they can't possibly go on anymore. I think that they they've they've announced that they've been ending for so long yeah. that now they have to end. It's 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 different than I mean it's so it's so fucked, Frank, that we have to like compare this to kind of Endgame in so many ways because it's yeah. not really the same thing. But in some ways it kind of is, and you have to kind of see the what the parallel is is that you know. You know, MCU 2008, Game of Thrones 2011, you know, long franchises with these main central characters we follow every week on TV. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I do think it could have gone on longer. I, I just don't know if we all wanted more talky-talky episodes or if we wanted to see kick-ass episodes like this and hopefully, you know, what more is to come. I, mm-hmm. I understand every, both of your under, like uh, gripes that, like, like that there was probably extreme disappointment on your end that, you know, me and you had both broken down and had been breaking down that this episode was going to be consequential in terms of the people we're going to move forward with. And I think that something that this episode kind of did is in a way that, you know, last Jedi did is, is subvert what we were going to think about and what was going to happen, but also illustrate exactly what game of Thrones is really about. And if we're going to talk about this, we have to talk about the next part, which is that game of Thrones is never about the battle. It's what happens after the fucking battle. It's what happens in the wake of big events. And that when you close off this kind of big mystical element of the show, you then get to, you know, re uh, invest in the big bad that is Cersei Lannister. And the idea that, you know, what happens for, the what what who deter, what who determines the thrones is what happens after the big battle and what happens after the wake of big emotional events. Yeah, how's she gonna? So yeah, so obviously you guys watched the 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 previews for the next episode. Yes. yes. So, you know, a couple of things I took away from it that I found exciting were both the dragons are still alive. Yep. <laughs> Ghost is still alive. Apparently, ghost ghost is still alive. And she, somehow, 
you know, there was a scene where the, you know, the folks in the room are cheering for her, like she's inspiring them. So my, my big question that I've been thinking about is, all right, so I, I didn't see a heck of a lot of Unsullied around. Dothraki are dead. That's her, that's her host. Yeah. So we got, we, you have the Northern Bannermen. You got the, you, you know, you still have the Wildlings, some of the Wildlings around. And you're the Knights of the Vale. Those aren't her, that's not her army. How is she going to inspire them to get them to get them to travel for her? It's going to be very interesting. Yeah, you're not wrong. And and I was saying this to some of my coworkers, like as as much as I had gripes with this episode, like this show was never about the fantasy. Like the the most interesting stuff on the show was never the fantasy stuff. It was always this game for the throne. Sure. And, and like I want to say, like last year or two years ago, as we were speculating what was going to happen in the season, I think I had mentioned like, oh yeah, I'm sure we're going to ha- get rid of the Night King, and then it's going to be the fight for the throne. And now that that's actually the thing, I, I because I expected it, I'm also kind of pissed because I, you know, it, it's one of those things that we were saying last week that you know, Game of Thrones, it, it, the, the speculation is so high that sometimes the things that you want to happen happen and and you're unhappy <laughs> you can't really win but you're right um uh, it, it seems that the majority of the people that might be around are more part of the stark army and if uh you know sansa in, in this episode there's still clear tension between her and missande and a little bit with Tyrion. that it's like she doesn't really want to send them off with to fight for the dragon queen and you know i mean two dragons can do a lot but it may not really stop Cersei and this whole army with the Golden Company. I gotta yeah. say, there's gonna be major fallout from the death of Jorah Mormont. I, I you know, I I felt what uh, Harold was saying earlier about Lyanna. I think her death was really awesome. I last week I said that like if there was ever a time where like anybody could have looked at it, Lyanna Mormont and been like, "You're a motherfucking kid. I don't have to fucking listen to you." It was last week. And like they and Jorah didn't do that. He was just cool. He took the sword. He went on his way. He went to go to battle. But you know, Lyanna Mormont died in the most perfect, you know, ironic yeah, kind sure. of way. It's it's a be- it's beautiful. Uh, however, it's not going to be as consequential as Jorah because this totally puts Danny in a really vulnerable and emotional and heightened place because her. Pretty much her long game hand of the king, Jorah Mormont, is is dead and gone. And and I don't know. I think this really fucks her up. What do you guys think? I'm not. I'm, I I love Danny as a character. Just not that vested in her. I think I think uh, I th- honestly think the produ- I think the producers laid it out last week when they or it was the first week episode. Um, when her and John were taking the little lovers dragon ride. And they went to, they went out to that uh, waterfall. Now, if that wasn't a flashback from when John was there with uh, Ingrid, his wildling uh, lady friend, yeah, 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 it was. I, I mean, uh, I don't, I, I just don't <laughs> think, I don't, I don't think Danny's long for this game. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think they um, love, the producers love doing that shit, and, um, and I'm gonna tell you my, I'm gonna tell you my favorite one from this episode, real quick. Sure, go my, ahead. Favorite, my favorite one from this episode. Was when Melisandre looked at looked at um, Arya and said, "What do you say to the God of Death?" Not today. Not today. And do you remember where that was from? <laughs> oh, that I mean, the, seasons ago, right? It's like Syria, first, right? Her first, her, first her Sergio, teacher. Yeah, Sergio Farrell. Her yeah. uh, the first uh, the first sword of uh, Bravos. Um, I remember watching that with Birnbaum and ZB, like on like the second or third episode, where we're like, "Oh, look at this guy! <laughs> He's a badass. He is. He goes and, down." Know, that's it, the one thing. That's the one thing about Game of Thrones. Like, if you don't see that person die, they're not dead. That's true. That's true. That's true. Um, so, speaking of you know our our main characters like that, um, I think it's really interesting uh, what they do with. Uh, Mel- Melisandre and the all the characters that are really affected by the Lord of Light here because they yeah. really hammer home the Azura High. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that Melisandre and Beric Dondarrion um, are are there for a purpose. Yep. and 
clearly here their purpose is, has been completed. And, you know, the, how many times Beric was brought back to life just so he could protect Arya so she can actually fulfill her mission and kill the Night King. I, I think that actually spells kind of doom for Jon Snow because he died once before and has been brought back to life. And so, like, what's his purpose going to be? Like, maybe there's another reason that he's been brought back, but will ultimately not make it to the end. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly a possibility. Yeah, so here's a question for you. Before when you were were talking about how you're disappointed with the episode, mm-hmm. would it would it have been more of a satisfying experience if you know the 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 Jon Snow hero and Night King like one on one sword fight took place? No, no, I don't think that was necessarily it. I think um, I just feel that this the show had. Um, you know, like last week or two, I guess it's like a week and a half ago now, episode two, it sets up all these characters. And that was a great one where you have, you know, these amazing character moments and reunions and like setting up a lot, what felt like a lot of possible deaths. And yeah, like, correct. And, and it just undercut it in so many ways where you, yeah. you see, like, I'm sorry. I love Sam Tarley. I love Podrick. I love a lot of these characters. They're all, but my, like, death, they're all my death list. I had, I had Brianna Tarth. She was dying. I thought Arya was going to die. I thought she was also going to do something awesome. I, yeah. had, I had I had about a half, at least a dozen characters I thought were going to get whacked this week. Seriously, and and it's like <laughs> when they're when they're when their backs are up against the wall against like millions of zombies. Like I'm sorry, it's just unbelievable to me that a show that in you know season one kills off its main character. Yeah, that, you know all these people that have their name in the title sequence are basically have plot armor and are in hero mode and can't die. It just, it, it really undersells it to me. And yeah, I he, just, was the, he was the one notable actor in, in the opening cast. Right. It really was like, and it's just, it's crazy to me that, that that's the way that they went. And again, I think the other thing is that I was expecting some sort of loss along, like, yes, we lost some characters, but I, I thought that the night King would win in some way and that they would have to kind of retreat and figure out a way to, to win. Um, you know, maybe if, if they didn't rush through everything, Correct. instead they, of another, having if they had two more seasons to do it, they probably could have, you know, developed a yeah. little bit more, but yeah, for sure. It's like, it totally feels, it totally feels rushed. Like we've been waiting eight, eight seasons for, uh, or whatever, since the, you know, the white walkers were first introduced, we've been waiting for this battle for how many years. And it's like, we get an episode. We get one episode out of it. It's I, yeah. I get it. I get it. It's yeah. like just because they can have the biggest battle ever known, you know, realized on screen in one episode of television doesn't mean that they have to or that they should. Like it was incredible. And we could talk about like the actual cinematics of some things in a little bit, but I just think that they could have split this over like multiple episodes. They could have had, you know, some this season could have been 10 episodes long. Last season could have been 10 episodes long and like stretched out some moments here that would have given like the character arcs a little bit more. Um, oh, Frank. Okay. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> uh, oh, oh boy. Uh, I think we got age of Ultron here and that's okay. Um, I heard what you uh, just Harold, said. Are, are you a, a Marvel cinematic? I am. Universe? I haven't seen, well, I haven't, so I haven't seen the new one. I haven't okay. seen the new one yet. I'm a huge All right, fan. No, spo- also, no spoilers then. I'm a, also a huge, I'm also a huge Star Wars fan, but we can't talk about the new movies because I think they're all shit. So that's okay. <laughs> don't worry about it. Um, listen, uh, I, I don't know. I never heard that term plot armor. I don't know if you made that up or if somebody else heard, made that before, but that's a beautiful phrase. I did not make it up. I can't take credit for it. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, okay. So yeah, like they, they do, but I don't, <sighs> I don't know. I think something that this season of Game of Thrones that has been getting back into and has kind of been balancing with the later the later take on Game of Thrones, the experience with which things happen, is that they um, are going back to more talky-talky parts. And I think that it would be interesting if next week's episode is not so much, you know, preparing for the next battle and, like, moving south, but, like, having some serious repercussive uh, discussions about what the next steps are and figuring out their plan and what the game plan is and, and like all that kind of shit. That's what kind of makes game of Thrones fun and cool. I'm sorry that, that I'm not, okay, no, I'm not going to apologize for the main characters who didn't die. I think that they are going to serve, you know, 
to further to go further on in the show before they eventually die. Yeah. And I and uh, we'll watch as they kind of heroically, you know, perform in these amazing feats. And that's what makes great heroes. Great heroes don't live on to go and, you know, fuck off in their later years and make all those shitty records that people make when they're, <laughs> you know, bloated musicians. And I think that at a certain point, like, you know, the the songs that are sung, the Song of Ice and Fire, you know, are people who are going to be cut down early on. So I think we, we see what happens next and that we kind of, you know, hunker down. There were so many good things in this episode to kind of appreciate. The trench, the whole Melisandre sequence when she comes up and they light all the swords on fire. That I th- I thought those two beats were pretty awesome because th- Game of Thrones doesn't have a Gandalf. <laughs> and you don't have someone you could turn to and be like, ah, oh, Gandalf, you know what to fucking do. You know, you have Melisandre who you don't trust and is fucking crazy and she's nuts and fucking look at this bitch. And we know what she really looks like and what she really is and what she stands for. And when she comes back and, and like she's allowed in and even Davos is like, all right, we just gotta ride this shit out, man. Yeah, he's like dying even at the end of it. He's she's walking out. She's got his fucking sword in his hand. She's he is ready to shank her. This, he just wants to do it. He wants to do it. Right, but he knows like ultimately her faith is her fate is worse than death. I mean, she's been living for however the fuck long for the prince who was promised. Frank, tell me you at least thought that Melisandre, you know, death sequence was satisfying. Oh yeah, yo, I, I think everything. Everything, honestly, the deaths that we got, I feel like were earned and and had really great moments, um, and and so like it's just the ones that we didn't get. Um, but yeah, Melisandre, <laughs> I think uh, who did having you, her. Who did, her who did, uh, let's go. Let's take a step back. Who like for sure was like, did you pencil in like this shit is definitely going down? Uh, Grey Worm. Really? Uh, yeah. I mean, he was like on the front lines. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Yeah, he's, like, he's, he's he's a badass though. I know. Um, I had uh, Brienne and uh-huh. Tormund and Podrick all in my list. All like, on my list. All on my list too. Um, and like honestly, the fact that nobody died in the crypt was kind of, kind of. I mean, like obviously people died, but no yeah. nobody of of character really. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, it. it I think Melisandre coming back was like a re- a big surprise, but it actually makes a lot of sense. And you know, for her to kind of go out in like a Luke Skywalkery kind of way um, makes sense because her her she she's no it. she's no Luke Skywalker, dude. No, no, well, but she not. like goes into <laughs> no, the dust, you know, whatever. <laughs> she ki- she killed Shireen. No, she's bad. But like again, like there is no Gandalf. There is like in some ways, Bran is like the new Gandalf. Like that's. Like if you want to make oh, any man. illusions, yeah. Every time he's on, every time I, I just I do not enjoy that character. Can we, yeah, let's talk about Brand for a second. Yeah, because, let's get there. But I, that was my immediate reaction too. I was like, what is he doing? He doesn't seem like he's doing anything. It's this whole like, but like upon thinking about it more and after rewatching it again, I think Bran had more involved in this thing than you know he really let on, and it's kind of a shame because in in the past we had so many. Um, scenes of his him viewing into the past and the future and all that stuff. And we didn't get any of that here. Like, obviously, he knew that they were going to win. Obviously, he knew that the dagger was important. Um, and that's why, you know, he gave it to Arya, not just to kill Littlefinger, but to kill the Night King, you yep. know, in, the, in that same spot where he gives it to her. Yep. Um, and then, I, I mean, I think the, the first beat of him, like, warging into the, the Ravens, it just seemed like, what's he doing? But... I think he's trying to lure the Night King, and that sort of sets up that sequence sure. of him bringing sure. him closer. For sure. I just think it would. I, well, I, here's the thing. I think as 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 good of a job as they've done developing Arya, they've done a shit job uh, with Bran's character. Really, it's just all. It's just. It, it, it's just. It's and maybe that's what they want. They want to all be very very mysterious. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think that they've like really done a good job on, you know, what his what are his abilities? What can he do besides seeing into the you know, he can see into the future, too, clearly. I, I agree with you, Harold. I, I think that like kind of like how Professor X is like kind of the leader of the X-Men in the wheelchair. <laughs> 
like you get to see and like has telepathic powers and you know kind of can see you know into other people's uh, experiences like we don't ever get like we don't get a clear power set of what Bran can do and I think that that has never been more clearly showed than when he was just gone for an entire season of the show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, going forward, I, I think that, you know, we will find out a little bit more about Bran, but like throughout the entire episode, we all want to see him, you know, kind of, you know, step up or lead in any way. And I think that what the three-eyed Raven is in Game of Thrones universe is this passive you know, kind of exp- kind of person who is totally devoid of uh, emotion for the moment. Like it's not that the like the, it's not that Three Eyed Raven doesn't want to live on or pass on his knowledge to Bran. It's that he can't really participate in the active you know fight against them in any way that's going to really matter. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what's Max von Sydow going to do against the Night King? What's Bran his his paralyzed ass like what's he gonna do against the night king in this situation and you know it, it it's tough because we see everybody go down in the weirwood especially theon uh but we don't ever get a satisfying experience from bran that leaves us feeling like oh he's got this shit uh, i i would well i would say he, the one the one satisfying experience he did deliver was you know what everybody suspected uh, that you know john john snow is the offspring of of Lilian and Rhaegar, right? That was a, that was a sad, that was the only satisfying experience. That was a great scene. That yeah. flashback, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, so and I I do think that he, you know, obviously for obvious for obvious reasons was, was had a vestment in the current situation of defeating you know defeating the undead. Now I don't know if he's going to have any sort of interest in who sits on the throne. No, I mean, I don't think he does either. Uh, it, it almost seems like his story is kind of done here. Which yeah, correct. That's what, seems, I, that's what I'm thinking. And obviously, you know, the, the, the idea of the Three-Eyed Raven is, is to have this character or this person in their universe that has all of the knowledge. Right, the I just feel the like world. I just feel like he is much less personable than the last uh, Three-Eyed Raven in that he, yeah. he's, he's like devoid of emotion completely. He's not really... I mean, he's not Bran anymore, for sure. And let it, let us all let us all not forget that the original Three Eyed Raven was some creepy guy with a beard that transformed into one of the best actors in the world, Max von Sydow. Sure. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, like, uh, exorcist, you know, guy dealing with you know the crazy demon in the movie, Max von Sydow. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, yes, I, I listen. I'm sorry what I said about people who are paralyzed. I'm not trying to be mean, but like, ultimately. You know, I don't think Bran is invested. You're right in the in the short game of it all, and I think that he was just trying to get them across this finish line, which he needed. He needed to do like this, like how we mm-hmm. saw in Infinity War, where uh, Doctor Strange. Don't ruin it. No, Doctor Strange says there's only oh, 14 oh, million Infinity times. War, you know, okay. you know, Infinity like War, okay. he he knows what he has to do. Like you know, he's setting up the things. Yeah. And, you know, they have to kind of like you have to kind of trust that Dr. Strange is going to know what he's going to need to do. You don't know what he's dealing with. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe maybe he's like, OK, well, I'm just going to post up yeah, in this weirwood tree. Thing, <laughs> Go ahead. That's annoying. The other thing that's annoying about Brand too, is he's he's he, he's tucking everything under his shirt. He ain't telling anybody shit. Right. Like he knows he knows that Arya is going to come in and close the deal. And I, obviously they don't want to ruin that for for the viewers. But he's just not saying anything, right? Like his silence is his silence is frustrating. It but is. The sh- but the show speaks because if you see where uh, Bran gives uh, the dagger to Arya, it's in the exact same spot where she kills the Night King. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. So maybe maybe what what we're getting at is that it's an annoying it, character. It is annoying. <laughs> It eventually delivers, and so maybe some of the things that Bran has done over the past few episodes will come into play later on, but we just don't want, know what that's going to be yet. Yeah. So, um, all right. So, yeah, I mean, the last thing on that scene, um, I think Theon gets his, his final redemption arc, comes full circle. Um, you know, I think their little interchange is, is nice, and um, it's, it's, it's good to see him go off in kind of a blaze of glory, but... Um, I think we can move on from him now. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, um, stories will be told and sung of Theon Greyjoy. He of no cock. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, okay, so uh, before we talk a little more about the episode and maybe um, like the the cinematography and then maybe what's to come next, I have uh, I think two missed opportunities that I wanted to talk about. Oh my god, I love <laughs> this segment. The segment, it's great. So. We've got these zombies, right? Or these whites. And you have this really awesome moment where the Night King raises his arms and he brings everybody back. And and you see some of the people that have fallen in battle, like Liana and, uh, like, Ed. And um, who else did we see at, at that moment? Uh, just, like, other other people that are dead. But you never see them actually interact with anyone we know. Like how that's just why couldn't they have Ed going up against Sam Tarley? Like the the guy that just saved your life and then gets stabbed and killed comes back to, to haunt you. Like this is classic horror stuff, classic Walking Dead stuff that they just don't Valid. do here. Two points to Gryffindor. So yeah, that was fair. frustrating. That's um, fair. And then just I just seemed like with like I we were saying before the, the actual White Walkers. Um, sure just not doing anything the entire episode um i i get that they we we know and that they know that if you kill one of the white walkers that they will all the ones that they control will will be wiped out mm -hmm. so i understand why john goes for them um it just to me seemed like we didn't have any characters actually go up to fight them there were no interactions and no sword fighting and no yeah i agree i don't disagree i don't, I don't disagree with any of that so and, and maybe this is all stuff for time that you know they realize that they it, it wasn't worth it but i guess it and it was also just the cocky night king that's like oh you guys stay with me we're we're all going to go into the the werewood uh the godswood together and we're going to take yeah. this guy out i mean there was definitely there was i i definitely was getting the feeling too that you know the the humans were holding their own right up to the point where he re-raised where the night king re-raised everybody so, which also questions the point, why, yeah, why wouldn't, you know, why wouldn't the White Walkers start getting a little bit more involved? Yeah, if, if, if you're right, you're right. Like, why, if I they're mean, holding their own at, until that point, like, why wait that long? Like, yeah. you could have done that how many times already, right? Yeah. But, yeah, so, I mean, we have those those great moments at the beginning with um, with the Dothraki and their... Uh, their swords <sighs> being lit up. That's just like such a, an amazing shot to see. And it, it like really ignites hope in everybody. Yeah. But like li the literally like <laughs> just like wiping that out as soon as they go in and fight the, 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 the dead is, is devastating. And it's like the entire, they're all gone. I mean, obviously Jorah and ghost apparently survive, but um, that, that was a really cool moment to see on, on screen. I, I loved it. I, I'm ultimately, I think that, uh, you know, you don't charge the fucking dead, the dead charge you and you just deal with that as yeah, it comes. Of course you're at horseback. You have yeah. I, we've also seen, uh, but we've also seen better uses of cavalry and, uh, you know, horsemanship at Winterfell. Like when you do what they did at the battle of bastards, which is where you kind of stay over to the sides and then, crush everybody towards the center when they're rushing the castle but or how about uh, the the spoils of war episode when it was danny versus like the loot train and you have the dothraki and they like jump up on and stand on their horses like you don't yeah. get any of that yeah well we yeah yeah i mean we didn't really get a chance to see any of that just because i mean they just get they were just gonna get overrun i mean just sheer numbers it was savagery so uh, when the, so they charge bravely and that's really good. I'm sure that there's more on Sullied than we think that there are. Like I'm kind of hoping that there's a better uh, number of them than you know would be conceived from the look of the episode because otherwise they're not going to have many people that they can do anything with. Uh, it doesn't seem like they have a good number of their forces. It just seems like our main heroes all survived. Uh, and that was something that I think that does kind of, you know, kind of take away from the epicness of the battle that you do kind of need to see the scale of what's actually going on and where people are, which is kind of what I think what was cool. And they, when they did sometimes in like Lord of the Rings where you would cut to like some 
weird like orc commander in the midfield and you'd like see like from his perspective what it looked like on the other side and like they never did that with a white walker the white walkers don't have cool bow staff skills <laughs> Uh, or right. nunchuck skills or karate skills. Uh, you know, but they're, they're not fast. They're, they're like the zombies are like in terms of, you know, zombie lore of all, all the different kinds of zombies you get out there. The George Romero, the walking dead or whatever. These guys are fast and they, they can carry weapons and they're smart and they and climb and climb. And, you know, they can look for you in the dark. Um, so they, they, the fact that there were so many of them, it's like insane that they were able to hold off as many as they could. Um, but they had so many things kind of going for them. You know, they had the cool fire trench, which was pretty effective. You know, they were, you know, marching across it, but it wasn't, it didn't seem like a whole bunch of, like, it didn't seem like a majority of them got in, like a percentage of them got into Winterfell ultimately. And then you had all the most competent fighters in the continent kind of, you know, standing on top, kind of going, I, I kind of get it in like the, crazy like justice league of it all like this is like you want the people defending the castle these are the people you want defending the castle and yeah. like when Arya's is up there with her new badass weapon and she's just fucking kicking ass and taking names i would have never marked her on my list to die in that episode i thought she was going to be totally cool uh but i i, I don't know i'm uh, i i hope that we get to see more like i hope that like the the next episode picks up like moments after yeah, we dealt with agreed. what just happened. I wanna, yeah. I want to see the, I want to see the wreckage in the aftermath. Yeah. I'm down to go and like sit there and like Sansa come out and like see all the devastation and be like, well, what the motherfucking fuck? Like, look at all these dead people everywhere. Look at, uh, look at this person. I know this person. This is the bread guy. Like, what do we do? <laughs> There's a uh, dead dragon in the middle <laughs> of the courtyard. <laughs> exactly. You know? Uh, okay. Um, so who else do we want to shout out in this in our episode discussion? Because we 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 only have so much time before we all explode. Frank, Harold, who else you want to shout out? Uh, I, I think uh, I think the dragon first. battle is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, dragon Sky, battle was legit. Um, it was kind of weird to see uh, like who was going to survive because you see like Rhaegal, uh, John, and, and Rhaegal kind of fall and. It's like what happens to him, and then obviously yeah, he right. survives. Um, and like even even Drogon kind of gets overwhelmed at moments. Um, but you know, I, I it was cool to see the the ice dragon or whatever it is, like the dead dragon. Um, I just felt like they could have had. I, I wanted either a, a dragon to take out the other dragon, or like Jon Snow to actually succeed and and kill that one as he was fighting it at the end. It just felt a little bit underwhelming again that it was like oh and we killed the night king so it's dead. i'll tell you that's one thing why well, i will say talking about that the the dragon scene where that is one thing where the lighting came really into play it was very difficult to follow which dragon was which 100 percent in that battle and i thought that was disappointing and i thought that was a as frank would say a missed opportunity yeah, the only times we could actually see was when they're above the the clouds and above the storm. Yeah, or it, or yeah, and when you could see which dragon the Night King was on, which dragon Jon Snow was on. Right, and you know, I, I, obviously we know that Jon Snow is not as competent as a dragon rider as Danny, but like barely using fire and just like barely holding on. So, um, I yeah. Don't know. Obviously, they're all different colors, but in the dark, they all kind of look the same. Yeah, it was very difficult to tell the difference between the dragons. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think moving forward, um, I'm glad that we, we have characters like the Hound surviving because I think everyone wants him to face off against his brother. I, I didn't think I, he was not on my list of people who were going to die because I thought that arc has got to that arc has got to find its way home. I agree. Definitely. And it's, I, I mean, th maybe not next week, but it's going to happen. We're going to yeah. have to see that. Um, and then, you know, the, the Lannisters, um, both Jamie and Tyrion really like needed to survive because they're both marked um, by Braun. You know, obviously Cersei is paying him to uh, kill them. I, I don't, don't think, think that's going to happen. I don't think he's going to happen. I don't think he's going to do it either. Yeah. He's I, a great, well, he's a great character. Great character. Um, Braun's, a, I, Braun's a great character. Haven't seen him in a few weeks, but maybe we'll yeah. get some sort of uh, reunion next week with them. Um, and yeah, I, I, 
like you guys were saying, I'm I'm ready to to pick up uh, immediately following. Like like I said, I just watched this again, and so it really ends like right at the end of the battle. There's barely any aftermath shown. Like people starting to come out of the woodwork, but you know I think they're gonna have to take stock of what they have and. I think we're going to get a lot of King's Landing next week because it's been since the premiere. Yeah, but it's not. Look, look, I mean, in the big in the big scheme of things, right? Like her her army in King's Landing is not massive. Like she just got what she just got twenty thousand twenty thousand troops from Golden Company. Is that the number? I th- I think it's the number. Um... And she, I mean, and there's no, you know, the Lannister army is nothing to you know really get super excited about. No, not really. I mean, <laughs> like they even them were kind of wiped out. Um, yeah, correct. Especially after the you know after the battle uh, with the money train. Um, right. So, you know, I I, I think it's going to be. I think it's going. I think it's going to be interesting. I, I mean, I would be surprised if if a good portion of the Unsullied um, survived because, you know, you didn't really see any of them fighting, um, at all. After after that gate closed, no, no, it, it's kind of like you see the 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 gate, and then as the all the 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 whites fall, yeah, um, it's like it seems like it's they go to dust, and you see some others like running and kind of falling, and you don't see a lot of other men out there. Um, yeah, Jay, are you still with us? Of course. Okay, you just been quiet. I just wasn't yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm listening. Sometimes okay. it's nice to listen to your own podcast. <laughs> I, I, absolutely. I just I you know some you it's know how going, sometimes it's going so well. You're doing so great hosting. Harold is such an interesting guest. You are a top <laughs> chef. So sweet. You're sweet. Frank's cousin. You're like the dude. I don't know, man. It's nice to be here. Listen, <laughs> I have PTSD. Last week we got snapped out of existence. So like I, I want to make sure that doesn't happen again. No, I understand. I understand. Um, okay, so sorry. Yeah, we were talking about the Golden Company. Um, what What are your thoughts? Uh, as, uh, <laughs> go ahead and respond. <laughs> uh, yes, sure. Um, uh, I don't know. It's interesting that we're now going to see, you know, a great naval battle, you know, or or the setup of a cool naval battle. And I think what's interesting about that is they can move quickly. They can go around to places that that maybe Jon Snow and Danny aren't thinking about. And uh, specifically, like the Iron Islands and uh, Bravos, and you know they can go to Essos if they needed to get there, you know, and kind of say, you know, hey, you know, this uh, dead shit is not real. That's all gone. The dawn is here. Like we're we're not going to be too bad. Uh, also, similarly, was Braun in the Dirty Dozen episode where they go north of the Wall? No. This okay. So I don't know if Braun can necessarily ever accept what happened north of the wall or at this battle because he doesn't see it. And I was really kind of counting mm-hmm. on him to show up and experience the kind of Armageddon that they were all just facing. And because he doesn't, I could kind of see him maybe being a little bit more motivated to take out one of the brothers because uh, it would get him a fucking castle. And that's kind of what he's been after here for a while. And I could see his motivations being a little bit more tried and a little bit more tempted, uh, you know, as a result of what has just happened. Sure. Uh, I mean, he's he's at the dragon pit, but he do, he leaves before they actually bring in the white. So, you, I mean, you there's kind of like a gray area there where it's like he probably knows what happens there. And, you know, sure. I, but I mean, like, who's going to. But who's going to convince, you know, who's going to be able to convince you that, you know, a crazy army of the dead and this crazy snowball man guy came over <laughs> and almost defeated all of humanity by wiping out this kid in the wheelchair? Uh, but ultimately, like, you know, I, I don't know. I think that something that could be kind of cool is to have a cynical reaction to the way that the Battle of Winterfell is told, that maybe people are sick of the the mythology and the only way i think that they'll ever be able to accept the mythology back into their hearts is to see two big motherfucking dragons flying into their houses and i think that will be a pretty big game changer once uh the targaryens emerge so victoriously back onto the big game board that is uh westeros and specifically king's landing uh i I don't know i I think there's going to be a lot of really uh 
fun stuff to come with them getting to ride south. I think there's probably a ton to deal with, and you know maybe people who were wounded who die later in battle who like we've never really seen that in Game of Thrones, which I think is kind of interesting. You know, it's a time that's like more medieval, but like you never see anybody like die of gangrene. <laughs> you know, like it's always yeah. like somebody dies gloriously. Like I think it would be kind of cool if next week like we see that like Jamie is sick or something. And like that as he's going into the next few episodes, he's like fighting against all the shit to go back to see Cersei. Uh, I would, I would appreciate that kind of stuff, but I don't know. Um, I'm okay. So before we get too ahead of ourselves with the speculation, cause maybe we've reached a point where we're over speculating on ourselves. You're probably uh, right. Uh, what do you, what are your hopes for, you know, beyond the battle of Winterfell beyond the long night? We know that this chapter in game of Thrones is kind of over, what are your big expectations and, and like, how do we move forward after this episode? Are we talking immediate in the next, in just the next episode or for the rest of, for the rest of the show? I would say to you, Harold, probably both. I would say to Frank, probably the first, because I don't know if we're going to have uh, the ability to check in with you. I mean, you're free, feel free to call in and we'll include you in the later segments, but you're on the <laughs> podcast right now. And yeah. I need to know my friend. Um, well, I definitely want to see Arya knock some more names off her list. I think that's pretty exciting. Yes. Um, I want to see, yeah, I want to see the, you know, uh, the hound in the mountain throw down. Um, and I want to see, I want to see how this little triangle with, with I want to see next week how uh, John and John and Danny are, 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 are getting along. It's going to be interesting with, uh, with the fact that he is, you know, he's a Targaryen and she's, She's a little she appears to be a little apprehensive to believe it. Um, I, I don't know, and I want to see, and I want to see see how she is going to be an inspiring leader to get everybody to follow her. Because yes, she has the dragons, and there's certainly some, you know, a high level of clout that goes with that. But you still need soldiers to uh, to travel with you. And my my impression is right now she doesn't have any. It certainly seems that way. Frank, may I hear your response to your immediate your hopes for kind of the next few episodes? Yeah. Um, so, you know, my my curiosity is like, okay, Cersei on a ship. That's you know, she's actually leaving King Sandy. That's <laughs> yes. That's like that's really interesting. It, it's strange. I don't I don't know what to expect from that. Um, but I you know have been long in the camp of seeing a Lannister brother kill Cersei um, just from the books, the theory, uh, the, the prophecy there. But obviously we know prophecies kind of mean shit anymore. Um, and um, no, uh, no, the exact opposite, Frank, Azora high. Like, well, like, but we don't know that. We don't know that any of that's real. Like, no, but we did. But we, Beric Dondarrion lived until this moment in order for Arya to be able to get to that point. So he's Azora high. So, yeah, I mean, nah. it's it's kind of fucked. I mean, it's not that you have to... I mean, I know Harold doesn't love the, the sequels, but, like, you have to accept kind of the craziness of it all. Like, maybe the great long legend of the people that is to come that this story represents, like, is not about these crazy heroic characters we hear about, but it's about these really fucked up people and how they all kind of made do with what they had. So that, like the the this whole thing becomes legend and uh, like all the people will kind of glorify it and make these these characters like Beric Dondarrion who's kind of a bastard in a lot of ways you know make him well, be I don't this think epic gonna, hero I don't think we're going to make Beric Dondarrion this epic hero but I think we're going to make Arya this epic hero Sure I mean but she's a Stark of course she's a hero <laughs> but, Are they going to have Stark Tower what the fuck <laughs> Okay um uh I, I'm, I'm excited. I think they've been doing cool stuff with the music. Have you been seeing what oh, they've yeah. been doing with the music? Yeah, music's been great. It's music been so was great in the last last episode. I thought, I, I loved it. I love the music. Really, really great. And um, I also really appreciate. Obviously, they've been doing the inside of the episodes um, for the past sure. couple of seasons, but they've been doing this other series. Um, the, oh, I can't remember what it's called, the game something. Um, but they're like 20 minutes or longer. The, the one for this episode is like 40 minutes long. 
it's like honestly it feels like blu-ray content you know when you you buy the blu-ray you get all the behind the scenes stuff it's like you know the first episode i watched the first two and they had um actually in the first episode george lucas came in to direct a few scenes of of episode one get the Um, fuck out of here yeah 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 so like they have all this and they show like the behind the scenes of uh you know them riding the dragons and it, so it's it's cool i appreciate all that stuff i think you're a george lucas fan <laughs> i mean george lucas i mean the guy invented everything i mean i mean say what you want about the motherfucking prequels but the man invented star wars <laughs> agreed you do no wrong <laughs> like he the fact that he was on there like oh okay well you uh you go over there and yeah, everything uh, was <laughs> fucking I'll tell you what, man. Everything was peaches and cream until he created Jar Jar Binks. It was a I, fucking disaster after that. <laughs> so that's like we're now two for two episodes in a row. Uh, Jar Jar Binks being mentioned. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yes. I'm sorry. You're good. Har- Harold, can I ask you one like chef question? Yeah. What is like the Jar Jar Binks of food? Like the of like the past like couple years of like what was like the thing that came around that happened that everybody immediately said it sucks we hate doing it but it's still there i don't even know i don't like even, avocado I toast because <laughs> no, people are still eating that shit like crazy uh i can't even there's nothing that bad that like unanimously everyone is just like this is dog shit i guess it would probably be guy fury's restaurant in, in Times square <laughs> that probably be the closest thing i can go to it oh man that's good um yeah i mean that oh ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh dude uh thank you so much for coming on and hanging out with us yeah guys good stuff man let's it, look we're looking forward to next week me yeah. too yeah. It's only, I, a f- only a few days away we're not too far and it's you know the great thing about game of thrones i think is it really does inspire this kind of this wonder and 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 shock that like what is going to happen next? We all spend all week at our desks trying to figure out, or or at our respective places, trying to figure out what the fuck is going to happen next. And I, I'm I'm excited, man. I can't I can't fucking wait. And and the last three episodes are all pretty long too. It's like that's the thing that I I think we keep forgetting is like they're all going to be comparable length to this one, and so we're going to get. A lot of content. So even though it's only three weeks, it's going to feel like... Yeah, I know. I, you know, I guess my it also issue was, especially in the beginning of the season, it was like, okay, like the first the first episode, they were setting stuff up. And then the second episode, they were setting stuff up. And it was like, it was a little... It was a, there was a lot of conversations. And I was just like, I, I don't need to see all combat. But it was just like, we only have this many episodes left. Like, we need to move... We need to like... It, there's just not enough, there's not going to be enough time to get it all in. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, it, it feels like they, they spin their wheels a little bit and then they move really fast and then they spin again. And it's just like the pacing can be a little bit off um, yeah. from week to week. And, you know, with only so much time left, we hope that, uh, that they, they can really stick the they landing. Finish, finish strong. Yeah. All, all right. right, boys. You can um, any, good night. Anything else you want to plug, Harold? It was great having you on. No, I'm good. Awesome. Sure, chatting with you guys. Excellent. You're the man, dude. Thank you so much for your time. My pleasure, boys. Have a good night. All right, you too. Bye. Bye. I mean, we're still on. Like, I I think that what's kind of cool is we just had two guests in a row in two weeks, and, like, they were both awesome. (laughs) (laughs) uh, So thank you so much. We appreciate it. Yeah, that's really fantastic. Uh, Listen, um, we're peak... Uh, long lost heroesing right now. We just had, you know, the end game. So please go listen to that review if you like, not, listen to that discussion. If you've seen the movie, uh, and uh, you know, stay tuned. We're gonna keep grinding on with Game of Thrones, man. Uh, fucking awesome, Frank. Yeah. Shout out to all of our listeners, and you know, we know you're out there. Uh, we Dude, really the appreciate people it. in Malaysia that are listening, <laughs> the people that are in Indonesia, the people that are in Canada. Uh, the people in California, North Carolina, Florida, Michigan, thank you so much for tuning in. We, we're just two kids from Long Island. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Yeah, we <laughs> really appreciate it. And all the feedback that you give us, it's great. You know, and it, you Ireland, know, that's how, London. That's how we get these great, these great guests on. It's amazing. You know, we get, we get 
have so much fun every week just to talk about a, a TV show that we love. So um, we appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, stick around next week. We'll be back again for episode four. And, you know, just going to tease that the, the guests are not stopping. Uh, we, have, we have a couple more before the before the season's out. Everyone wants to talk Thrones. Um, so yeah, you can uh, find us online at longlostheroes.net. You can email us at info at longlostheroes.net. Uh, LLH podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, a couple others people were sending to me. Like, I guess it just kind of gets out there at a certain point. Obviously, you've probably subscribed at this point. And if you have, please rate and review. It really, really helps boost us. that would be huge. You know, leave us two minutes. You can even tell us what you thought of this episode in the review. We will read it on air next week. We will talk about you. We will plug whatever you're doing <laughs> like yes uh, absolutely we love the, the 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 shared promotion and and cross promotion it's, it's great so um yeah we really appreciate it um anything else for you tonight aj i just want to say uh again thank you to everybody paying attention out there and and following along with us i want to thank you to uh you know harold and also to ray and to frank and uh have a good week everybody Yep. Thanks again, Harold, at Harold Dieterly on most of the socials, Chef Harold Dieterly on Facebook. So we really appreciate it, and we will catch you pretty soon. Bye. Bye.